0: Coming to you from 27 miles west of downtown Chicago, you're listening to 27 West, produced by the congregations of Wheaton Bible Church and Iglesia del Pueblo in West Chicago, Illinois, and Tri-Village Church, our campus in nearby Streamwood. Our purpose is to make this very large body of Christ a little smaller as we meet and learn from one another.
1: Welcome to 27 West Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Murray, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Amy Salava. Hello. Live music by Amy Mueller. And our guest this week is our very own pastor of teaching and outreach, and also the leader of our new campus initiative that started with TVC, Lon Allison. Hey, guys, we want this podcast to be a place where we can laugh and learn more about each other.
2: So, Lon, how are you doing? I'm doing great today, especially being with you guys. This, this, is, this is kind of
0: fun. Isn't it? We love this.
2: We're,
1: this is good. I, I, I feel like we have a celebrity in the room. We do. We, we do.
0: A West Chicago celebrity.
1: No, the world knows about this guy. And we're so happy that you're here, Lon. Thank you. And you do a great job in, in our church and, and around the area and, and, and at TVC. And you've done so much with the Billy Graham Center. We're going to hear about that. But we want to know, like,
2: how did you get started into ministry? Great question. I didn't grow up in any kind of a church home. And so it wasn't until I got in high school that I began to recognize my need for God. Some friends invited me to uh, a group called Young Life. Yeah. yeah I yeah. had a deep crush on one of the girls that <laughs> was there, which gave me a reason to go. Yep. And I got the girl. Then she dumped me. Oh, oh so that wasn't <laughs> your wife. Yeah, it wasn't my right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Thanks be to God. Okay. Yeah. But does she know
1: about this, this yeah, love? Okay.
2: Yes, yeah, she does. She, okay, good. She knows, in fact, Marie actually dated this girl's brother, so it's kind of weird. It's all
0: in the family. Woo. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. But in all of that, I began to recognize a loneliness in me. And was there something beyond this life? Was there God? Could God meet the needs of a lonely people? And I was one of those. So I took a chance, gave my life to Christ. And before I knew it, you guys— I just couldn't help telling other people about yeah. it. Yeah. So ministry began for me naturally. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to tell other people yeah. about Jesus, <laughs> and so pretty soon they put a label on it and called you should be a minister. Yeah. How yeah. old are you? Uh, when all that started happening, I was sixteen, and I went. To, I actually started being paid to do Christian ministry and evangelism when I was eighteen. Where
1: Where did that? Who paid you to do that?
2: Uh, it started with a YMCA. Okay. It was a Christian-based YMCA in California. Which is where we grew up, and um, we we actually just used it to reach out to kids that didn't know Jesus. That's great. Yeah, it was cool.
1: <laughs> now you you also um, planted churches or involved with movements back then. Tell us about some
2: of those. Or... Yeah, I was I was a uh, YMCA youth director. That was my first paid job, and again, we used it to to gather high school, and college kids, and tell them about Jesus. And then I went to a local church and was a youth pastor for three years. Okay. And then from there, uh, God called Marie and I to do church planting. And so we planted two churches in California for people that were unchurched. I mean, totally focused on people that were unchurched. Yeah, what, did, what did that look like? Uh, well, they were both in movie theaters, okay. first of all. We'd rent a movie theater. And the first one was in a movie theater that was an X-rated movie oh, theater. Okay. Yeah, which is kind of weird. <laughs> so Saturday— That is a little weird. So Saturday— <laughs> Saturday night, I never went to watch the films. Oh, good. Good uh,
0: disclaimer. Sa-
2: <laughs> Saturday night, it would be used for all of that. And then the coolest thing, on Sunday morning, we had a group of older adults that were helping us plant this brand new church in this X-rated movie theater. And they would arrive at about 5 a.m. They were older because they were about 40. Yeah. Okay. Because right. I was I was 25. Yeah. And they would clean that place and get it ready to go, and we'd wheel in the piano and the keyboards and all of that stuff, and we we just started promoting. Well, what happened is the fact that we were doing church in an X-rated movie theater caused there to be all sorts of publicity. Yeah. So front page of the local newspaper said, now showing God XXX, (laughs) and people started coming out of the woodwork. That is crazy.
1: you, you couldn't have purchased that good of, of publicity for your church.
2: Nope. And we weren't smart enough to know that that would happen. So it was God from the very beginning. Okay. So going
1: now, you're, you're not 25 no. anymore. Um, what would you tell yourself now? If you were to like able to go back to yourself at 25, what, what advice would you give Lon of 25 years old?
2: You know what I think I'd say to you, Lon, at 25 now, and uh, this is from a vantage point from being 65, is have even more confidence that God can use you at 25. Mm -hmm. Because as we reflect back, my wife and I are both stunned at what God did when we were far too young to know what we were doing. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't slow God. So I'd say, have confidence. God's called you to this. Put some older people around you to buffer you. But go for it. Change the world.
0: That's awesome. How How long did this movie theater church last? Did Atlanta... you, you planted two of them?
2: Yeah. We planted two movie theater churches. I was in the first one for four years. And okay. then we went out about 20 miles away and planted another one. And we were there for six years. Wow. Was that also? It wasn't X-rated. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Good. yeah. Good popcorn. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Was... <laughs> I can
1: imagine what the communion was like. <laughs>
0: So you obviously had done a lot before coming to Wheaton Bible Church.
1: Oh, my. Yes. What are
0: some of the highlights of what we know that you did, you're friends with Billy Graham, you're friends with him. How mm-hmm. does that connection yeah, happen? Maybe, maybe, yeah,
1: maybe pause right there. Yeah. How, how, <laughs> how are you connected with Billy Graham?
2: Um, okay, guys. So after we did the church planning in California, mm-hmm. we did two movie theater churches, and they were fairly successful so that our denomination actually said, would you move to Chicago now? Mm. And would you do this nationally? Would you help stimulate evangelism nationally? So that's what got us out to the Midwest. Uh, While we were here, I heard about this place called the Billy Graham Center at Wheaton College. I went over there one time with my mentor, and I was stunned that that sort of a building could be built with those kinds of resources to raise up the next generations of evangelism leaders. Yeah. And my mentor said to me, would you like to run this someday? <laughs> and I said, like nobody's business, would I like to run this someday? And it happened to be Billy Graham's brother-in-law who asked me the question. Wow.
0: Oh, wow.
2: <laughs> Always pays to have connections. <laughs> <laughs> it does. You, you, your your networks of relationships are worth far more than your education in in opening doors, for don't
1: you. don't tell that to my kids. Okay, okay please.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but do go to school. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. So that's how I came, and then I went to the Billy Graham Center at Wheaton College. Okay. Through that, got to know Mr. Graham and and his son, and and just some incredible men and women of God. And I was in a sense a kid from California who had no church background, who was literally invited into, if you will, evangelical royalty. Mm-hmm. I. I never felt like I belonged, but I was glad to be there.
0: When was the first time you met Billy Graham?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. In fact, we talk about this in a new book that's coming out. Did you want me to plug my book now or later?
0: No, let's do it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we've got a book coming out in just uh, the Friday, Good Friday, is when we're going to start receiving it here, and it'll go on sale publicly uh, the Monday after Easter. Um, What's it called? It's called Billy Graham. An ordinary man and his extraordinary God. So I'll tell you the story. When I first met him, I was taken to Ottawa, Canada, because I had been appointed to the Billy Graham Center, but he had to sign off on it, Mm. Mm. okay? So uh, we're in Ottawa, Canada, in this massive hockey stadium, where in an hour he's going to be speaking to tens of thousands of people. But before the meeting, he just likes to hang out and talk to people, So I was one of those who got to go in and hang out and talk with him a little bit. Um, That's where we first met, and that's where he said, Lon, they tell me that I have to sign off on you. I don't think that's necessary, but I'm glad you're here. Let's just chat. Hmm. So he talked to me about his my family and his family, what I had done in my life, et cetera, et cetera. And that's when I first met him. And but you, you got to read it in the book because it's a great story. Yeah, we're not going to give it away. I don't so. want to give away that punchline.
1: But we are giving away a book to the thousandth subscriber
2: to 27WestPodcast.com. Can you figure that don't out? Don't you mean
0: a million? Yeah, yeah. the
2: first millionth call yeah. gets— Yeah, that's a great idea. If you, you are the hey. millionth call, we'll send you a box. That's right. Yeah.
1: Your plug and our plug. We're all plugging something. That's right. right? <laughs>
2: So um, you were also at the funeral for Billy Graham. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. briefly tell us about that. Oh, what a great time. It was just a couple of weeks ago now, and 2,300 people were invited from different parts of the world. I'd actually been part of the planning committee for Billy's memorial.
0: Yeah, take, tell, you were telling me it's last quite week a story. about that. Yeah,
2: We started planning Billy Graham's memorial in about the year 2002. Holy so, think thing. of 15 yeah, years ago. Right. Okay. Because none of us, and especially him, didn't think he was going to live that long. Right. And so, I think I'm the only remaining member of the planning committee <laughs> that's still alive that he didn't outlive because wow. I was the youngest guy on. Well, it. you
0: did a great job. The funeral <laughs> looked great. <laughs> well, it had
2: changed a lot since our early plans. Uh, but, anyhow, being able to go seeing um, friends and colleagues, Christian leaders from churches, denominations, parachurch organizations, international people, media from all over the world. No one's ever had the convening power of Billy Graham, even in his death. The whole church in the whole world was watching him there. And so we just felt terribly privileged to even be able to sit in one of those chairs.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. I watched it on YouTube. Oh, did you? Yeah.
2: Could you tell how cold we were?
0: I couldn't. Oh, but Marie it, said you guys were freezing. Oh, we
2: were freezing. It was 51 degrees outside Charlotte. And so everybody thought it was sunny. And so none of us took our top coats. We left them in our cars. <laughs> and then they, and our cars were miles away because we had to be bussed in and go through all of this security because there was a guy there named President Trump. Oh, who's that? <laughs> and, and that just raises the elevation mm-hmm. of security. So yeah. all of that. So nobody took their coats because it's sunny. We get there. And about a 30-mile-an-hour wind starts blowing through the tent. Oh, wow. And they used a tent because it was to commemorate that it was in a tent meeting in 1949 when Billy Graham, I call it, when all heaven broke loose. Right. So this wind is blowing on us all, and we're freezing. We're glad you couldn't tell, those who watched (laughs) it on television.
0: (laughs) I knew it was windy because— his daughter's like notes flew away yes. from the pulpit. But. Yes,
1: yes. So there, there were a lot of different people there, like you were saying. So how do you? What, what do you think it is about Billy Graham that was able to break down all the barriers and get so many different like people at his funeral?
2: Boy, is that a great question! And people ask it of me a lot. I'll say one, and allow me to use kind of a spiritual that's answer. good sir. Mm-hmm. There are times when God raises up an individual for a spectacular moment. Whether it's St. Augustine in theology or Martin Luther in the Protestant Reformation or Cory Ten Boom or or um Jesus. Martin, Lu- Jesus. Martin Luther King. <laughs> Jesus was the best. Right. <laughs> but so so just satisfy yourself hmm. that there are those times when God uses an individual to do something great. Now, what were the traits in Mr. Graham that made the whole of Christendom respond to him? And I'm talking about the Catholic Church worldwide, the right, orthodoxy, right. Protestantism, Pentecostalism. There was an it about him. First of all, the sense of there was something God had called him. There was a we call it we call it an anointing right. or an unction. Right. All right. So he just drew people. Secondly, he was the most humble man you ever met, so that when you were with him, his eyes were just on you. He wanted to know about you. He wanted to know what you were doing, not what he was doing.
0: Yeah. I found a picture of you two. Yeah. And (laughs) you were like holding hands across from each other, and he was just staring. I showed it to you, remember? He was just looking right into your eyes, and you said that's how he treated every single person.
2: That's how he treated everybody. C.S. Lewis once said that humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And you had that sense when you were with Billy Graham that he sincerely cared about you, Mm -hmm. wanted to know about you. And at the same time, this massive global enterprise that he, unbeknownst to himself, had shaped of of evangelicalism Mm -hmm. was all about him. But so you just liked him, you trusted him, and he could guide you with vision like you can't imagine.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. So... Billy Graham is awesome. And we're wondering who, who is next. Mm. Like,
2: who, who would you say is next? My, I have two answers to that. Um, the first one is, remember what I said about on, at times God raises up a certain individual. I don't think we ask so much, who's the next Martin Luther King? Who, who's the next Mother Teresa? There was a point in time when God did something spectacular with those individuals. Secondly... So that means there may not be someone like that. Right. Let me tell you what he said. Because it, it, and I'm not sure if this was 1974, Lausanne, Switzerland, or 1983, Amsterdam. But there was a gathering of evangelism leaders from all over the world. And the media was there, Amy. And the media was asking him, as, as they were down on the floor with all of these people in this, this big conference center. And they said, Mr. Graham, who do you think will follow you? And Billy Graham, it was, it was you know, it's television. And, and the camera panned all these thousands of people out there and this journalist asking him that question, who will follow you? And with a great sweep of his arm, he says, they will. And that was his way of saying, God is going to use those of us who are smaller, less anointed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But two plus two plus two equals a million. And Billy Graham said, don't think of one, think of the many. And the gospel lives in the many.
0: Yeah, we and we want to be the next person, right, to do that. But I'm wondering what you think. Like, why are we so afraid to share the gospel with people? Mm-hmm.
2: Why are we so afraid to share the gospel? First of all, I, I come to confess as well. There's never a time when I start talking to somebody about Jesus that fear isn't there before I start. Right. Mm-hmm. So what I want to say is fear is the common denominator. Part of it is we just feel that the gospel is so special we don't want to blow it. Part of it is we want to be liked and they might not like us afterwards. But here's what I want to say more than anything else. I think that it is spiritual warfare where Satan is literally tempting every saint in the world when they start to open their mouths about Jesus to not do it. I think fear is a temptation in the same way that greed is a temptation or lust or anything else. Mm -hmm. When you realize that, you resist the devil and he flees from you. And while I'm afraid every time, as soon as I start talking, the fear goes away and it's like riding a wonderful roller coaster.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so what are some practical steps we could take?
2: Well, the first one, Amy, is to literally realize the truth. Your adversary the devil prowls about like a roaring lion. Mm-hmm. Remember, we just studied that here in our church. Mm-hmm. Our pastor, Rob, spoke on it. Be alert to him. So I train people to be alert to feeling fear when an opportunity has started to give the gospel. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And then by faith, just open your mouth and let her go.
0: Mm-hmm. It's easy. It's easy. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> well, I've been
2: doing it for a long time, but realize I started it by saying I still have the fear. Right. The fear has never gone away. It's
0: important to recognize it. Yeah. I think it's good to hear that people do have fear because mm-hmm. I think people like you and people like Billy Graham, you know, like it. they make it sound so easy to right. evangelize people right. and people naturally want to listen to them. Yeah. But you know, there's still something in there that's really hard.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, about the whole fear and nerves, like I, I, my kids when they're about to go do something or act or play or do a musical or a game, they always get nervous. My answer is nerves are good because it shows you, you really care about what you're about to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that, that used to work, Dad. You know? <laughs> but I think that there is something about that. If the, you are fearful, you know, like you said, I love that analogy. Like you are stepping into the battle zone and there there's, there is a war that is going on and, and maybe we can win this battle because we have the Holy Spirit. We're- yeah.
0: So speaking of practical steps, Mm -hmm. you've talked about, to our church before, of you have like three or five steps that you take when you share the gospel. Can you share what those are?
2: I tell people that there's a lifestyle they can learn to live, and we call it the prayer care share lifestyle. Mm -hmm. First of all, I train Christian people to start praying for people by name who don't know Jesus. You talk to God about them before you talk to them about God, Mm -hmm. okay? Right. Right. And we've found over the years that if we start practicing prayer evangelism, it also helps us conquer the fear. Now, care rhymes with it, is displaying Christ through our lives. Okay. And, and, and that can be everything from helping the neighbor cut their grass to um, being the first one there when there's a need and the last one to leave. And people start to say, what makes this person tick? Right. And then that allows us, so our caring leads the way. But we always have to open our mouths. First mm-hmm. Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you about the hope that you have. So I say to people, you start with prayer, you live a life of care, and God opens the door for a lot of share, share, share. And, <laughs>
0: and Lana's dancing right now. He <laughs> just danced. I am doing
2: cha-cha with you. <laughs> and the share has three parts. We call prayer, care, share, share, share. You say, well, what are those three shares? The first share is just by getting into a place where you're involved with a person in a conversation. Right. It's more listening than anything. As you're listening to them about their life, God will start to open the doors for how you move toward the gospel. So share one is listening, listening to God and listening to the person you're talking to. Two is being able to tell your story Of how God rearranged your life and brought you to Jesus Mm -hmm. in less than two minutes. In fact, we're trying to train our whole pastoral team to be able to do that. I'm down to 238. Are you, Scott? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because there's nothing that shouts louder than a life that testifies it's been changed. Right. Right? So it's your story. And the third thing, third share, is to be able to have his story on the tip of your tongue. Mm. So whether you do that by using John 3.16 or a tract that says Steps to Peace with God, whatever it is, to be able to tell them that Jesus Christ loved them, died on the cross to forgive their sins, and they can come to know him personally now. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Share, share, share. <laughs>
1: I like it. Now, Lon, you, you are also um, in the midst of a challenge
2: right now. Would you, can you share about that? Yes, yes. On the 29th of November of 2017, after a regular yearly physical, my doctor told me I have cancer. Hmm. And I've been one of the healthiest people I've known. But suddenly, not only did I have cancer, but I have a very, very severe cancer um, of the liver that uh, there's no more than 3,000 cases a year. And it's pretty deadly. So we've been living with that since then. Um, I don't mean to sound flippant uh, at all, but God's nearness and presence is so great for Marie and me and my family and all of you who are my friends who love me here. You're watching me go through this. Um, I have great health, even though I'm in the midst of a a lot of cancer treatment, Right, right. right? So my energies are up. And we take one day at a time. Marie and I, I I wrote this a couple days ago, a guy about cancer. Marie and I feel like we're on a trail, hiking trail, in a country we've never been in. But just a couple of steps ahead of us is Jesus Christ. Hmm. And so we follow him and we enjoy the trail. Wow. Um, And the, the trail is a trail of laughter and tears. Sad and glad, but his presence is rich and real. So I don't know if I'm going to be with you for a year, three years, or if God does something and I, I get my full thirty. I don't know. Oh man, it's it, the trail goes three directions, and we'll just follow whichever one he takes us on. Well, my my kids
1: love it when you teach. Mm-hmm. You're fun. You're you, they just love lawn. Um, and I would say that, that I'm a huge fan of Lawn as well. And now I listen to you with a different filter mm. of, you know, these are Lawn's words. What is he going to teach me? It's, it's, I'm not saying I didn't listen before. Please don't hear that. But I'm listening with a whole different urgency of like, this is Lon Allison. What is he going to tell me? How long do we get to have Lawn? Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's 30 years. Hopefully that trail is really long. But we we love listening to you, and you're doing some amazing work here at the church and around the world.
2: Thank you, guys. Thank you.
1: So, Lon, we want to have some fun with you. And, um, Amy, can we get some fun music?
0: Lon is like the master of fun.
1: Yeah. And so we're going to enjoy ourselves and get a little crazy here. Um, Take it away, Amy.
0: All right. Well, we have one question to start us off.
1: There's always one question.
0: There's There's always great questions. Yeah. What Bible character and superhero would you take on a deserted island? Oh. Like the three of the three one, of you. The one three Bible you. character, one superhero. Yeah, all and at you. the
2: same time. Oh, it's simple. Oh, oh
0: okay. <laughs>
2: King David, Captain America, and me. Why? Cause I remind myself of them. <laughs> Let me guess. Let's see. Of uh, what can I say? I aspire toward them. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, I'm a long ways away, but on my best moments, yeah. I think I am Captain America. Yeah, yeah, that's you pretty do, good.
0: You do love Captain America. I you do. love. Now, what? Why? Why do you like him so much?
1: Now, before you say this, now he he actually is
0: kind I, of Captain
1: America. Yeah. And you do
2: something every year that I think is pretty cool. Tell us about it. Well, a wonderful guy in our church made me a whole Captain America uniform, and I've got a motorcycle.
0: (laughs) I thought you made that.
2: No, it was done by somebody in our church (laughs) as a gift to me, and it's even got the shield and everything. So I ride my motorcycle as Captain America, especially when we've got tons of kids around here, Mm -hmm. like for vacation Bible schools or our summer Puente program, and I ride right up as Captain America. They love it. I love it. It's so fun. I love it, too.
0: Yeah. I
2: love it. Who who would you take, Amy?
0: Oh. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really into superheroes.
2: Oh. I'm sorry. I know.
0: That I is. Know. <laughs> Maybe like Wonder Woman? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she's Girl pretty power. great. Yep.
2: She's she's tops. Yeah. And,
1: yeah. and what what Bible character? What Bible
0: character? Um Maybe like Samson pre haircut,
2: because <laughs> he's like
0: manly. Yeah, he could like do all the hard work for me in Wonder Woman. Yeah, he could. Like That's build pretty us good. fires and stuff. He That's
2: is, awesome. He is manly man.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would take Superman and any Bible character. Okay. I don't really. You have to yeah. choose.
0: If you no, made me choose one. You okay, have to
1: Paul. Choose one. Yeah. Just because I'm interested to see what he's like and ask him what his, the thorn in his flesh was. You but you think then, he'd
0: be good on a desert island? Oh,
1: well, we'd only be there for a few minutes because Why? Superman would just fly us away. <laughs> I mean, it'd be done. It's like, where do you guys want to go? I what don't are know. Wonder
0: Woman's strengths? Can She She can fly, right?
1: She has a lasso. She has a
2: lasso. She can so she leap, can leap long like distance. She can leap a Wild long distance. Port. And yeah. she can sort of float. Yeah, she's amazing. Great. The new Justice League is coming out, you know, and and, and she's on the trailer. And Superman returns, and she goes, "He's back!" Yeah. Whoa! Wonder Woman and Superman together. Yeah. It doesn't get any better the dream than team. this, man. Yeah. I tell you.
0: Yeah. All right, we're gonna do something super fun today. I'm super pumped about this.
1: Okay. This is this is a new segment. This is a new thing as well.
0: Celebrity trivia.
2: Da, da, da. But mm.
0: because Lon, you love music. Mm-hmm. So these are mostly music. Uh, is related. it pop culture? Or... It's pop culture. Okay. okay. Oh, no. There's some old stuff. There's some new stuff. huh. Uh-huh. So we're going to test both of you, oh. Scott and Lon. Okay. Well, I'm
1: lost. How are we going to do this? So here's
0: what we're going to do. <laughs> Scott's going to leave yes. the room. I'm going to ask Lon the questions. There's five questions. Oh, my. We're going to see how many. You get right. Scott's going to come in. Lon, you're going to leave. Do the same thing. Then we'll tally up the score. Okay. See you guys later. All right. Bye, Scott.
2: Hope you find your dad. Okay. <laughs>
0: All right. Scott's gone. Amy, can we get some trivia music? There's five questions, on. Number one, which iconic celebrity musical duo will be on a world tour this year? It's multiple choice. A, Vince Gill and Amy Grant. B, Beyonce and Jay-Z. Or C, Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez.
2: I think it's Jay-Z and uh, Beyonce.
0: Okay, number two. What is Elton John's real name? A, Reginald Dwight. B, John Baldry. Or C, Elton Dean.
2: I think it's the Reginald one. The first one. Reginald Dwight? Yes.
0: Okay, we'll see if you're right. Number three. Which celebrity has won more Grammys than Katy Perry? You know who Katy Perry is, right? Yes. A.
2: She has a nice smile.
0: She does. A, the Baja Men. Do you know who they are? They wrote the song, Who Let the Dogs Out, mm-hmm. in the 90s. It's like, mm-hmm. who let the dogs out? Okay. B, Barack Obama, or C, Magic Johnson. Who has more Grammys than Katy Perry?
2: Whoa. Barack Obama, Magic Johnson?
0: And the Baja Men.
2: And the Baja Men. I'm going to go um, Baja Men, I guess. Oh. It's the only musicians.
0: Okay. Number four Which one of the Kardashians is married to rapper Kanye West? Kim, Chloe, or Courtney?
2: A minister shouldn't know the answer to this <laughs> But I know it's Kim
0: Yeah, you're right
2: <laughs> Just because I pray for her
0: No, that's good Okay, last question What is Betty White older than? Jesus A. Penicillin B. Instant coffee Or C. Crossword puzzles
2: Instant coffee.
0: Okay. All right, Scott.
2: Does Scott. Okay, okay. Does Scott know these questions no, already? No, okay. only I know. Because that would not be fair. Okay, how'd you do? We I
1: don't, don't know. know. I didn't okay. tell him okay. yet.
2: Okay, okay. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> Is there music?
1: Did you do yeah, music? music? Yeah, there's music. All right, mm. number one. Wait, can I have, have like, um, like thriller music? You know, like alien abduction music? I don't know why. <laughs>
0: Thank you. <laughs> all right, all of these questions are multiple choice. Number one. Which iconic celebrity musical duo will be going on a world tour this year? Vince Gill and Amy Grant, Beyonce and Jay-Z, or Justin and Selena?
1: What was the second one?
0: Jay-Z and Beyonce. Yeah,
1: it's Jay-Z and Beyonce. Okay. Married couple.
0: Number two. But Justin and Selena are dating. Well,
2: but you don't know how long... And Vince Gill and
0: Amy Grant are married.
2: They go back a long time. Yeah.
0: Okay, whatever we'll see if you're right number two what is Elton John's real name Reginald Dwight John Baldry or Elton Dean
1: it's John Baldry
0: okay (laughs) I said that with confidence (laughs) yeah you really did okay number three which celebrity this is my favorite question which celebrity has won more Grammys than Katy Perry A the Baja Men they wrote the song who let the dogs out oh yeah b, it's b, definitely them b barack, <laughs> barack obama what? or c magic johnson who has won more than Katy perry wow
1: barack obama
0: okay <laughs> number four it's so random which one of the kardashians is married to kanye west kim chloe kim, <laughs> or courtney
2: are you a minister you shouldn't know that yeah i know
0: number five last Sorry. question what is Betty White older than? Penicillin, instant coffee, crossword puzzles.
1: Well, it's not It's not penicillin. In, 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 instant coffee.
0: Instant coffee? Yeah. All right.
1: Okay, what are the answers? Okay. okay. Now, we can I have some answer music. That was great music, by the way.
0: Yeah, that was kind of Very
1: good intense. One.
0: Okay, number 1. You guys are right. Beyoncé and Jay-Z hey! are going on world tour. <laughs> Elton John's real name.
1: Lon Shit. got it. Shit. Reginald. Reginald Dwight. Yeah, I, I, I knew that. I Here's wanted to get a right one.
0: extra <laughs> trivia for you. <laughs> yep. He named himself after the blues legends Elton Dean and Long John Baldry. Oh. So that's why it's Elton John. That's oh,
1: why I said I didn't that. know that. That's why See, I said what go. I said.
0: Okay. Right. Which celebrity has won more Grammys than Katy Perry? It was a trick question. All three of them have.
2: So really? we all got yeah. that right. So the Bahamut, Katy Perry's never won a Grammy. She's never
0: won a Grammy, Whoa. but she's been nominated like 12 times. Whoa. You know, she's a
2: pastor's kid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She went wayward. <laughs> and Barack and Magic Johnson, they won a Grammy for spoken word.
2: Wow. Um, I see. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Um, you guys got the Kardashian question, okay, right? Okay, good. That's Kim. <laughs> job.
2: Good job, pastor. Okay. Thank here's, you. And do you, pastor.
0: <laughs> here's the tricky one.
2: Oh, what no. is
0: Betty White older than? She's older than penicillin.
2: Oh, my goodness. She was born in
0: 1922. Yeah. Penicillin was found in
2: 1928. Wow. Yeah. You know, as as you asked it again to Scott, I thought, I wonder if it isn't penicillin. Mm -hmm. Interesting. By
0: six years.
2: Well, that's great.
0: Yeah. You guys didn't do that bad. Thanks, Amy. I did throw a trick question in there.
1: Yeah, that's maybe not do that. Did I win? It it, it only matters who won. No,
2: you won because of Elton. Oh, I got Reginald. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you won. Because of Reginald, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah.
0: nice job. What's All his right.
2: prize? What does he get to go away home? home he gets with today? a
0: copy of his new book. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can hardly wait. Mm-hmm. I hear it's good.
0: I hear it's fantastic. Yeah. All right. This is our last last thing that we're going to discuss because this is very important. Yeah. This is our soapbox segment. Oh, okay. Yes. So, Lon, in this segment, we talk about things that we would stand on a soapbox for or against and so Scott Scott's gonna start us off yeah
1: I I have one and it's something that just bugs me um whenever I'm talking to people and they say hey you want to go to like a movie or whatever and they say well let, let me talk to the wife the wife ah. that gets me every time hmm. the wife Why? like Why the, the boss you? I don't, I because she is your wife yes. not the wife and then the the same the same kind of feel as when, when they say, well, I'm, I'm uh, my wife's going out of town, so I'm, I'm going to watch the kids. That doesn't work with me. Why? Because you're not the babysitter. You're the dad. Oh. Yeah, it's time to take some ownership, man. Yes. Stand yes. up. Love your wives. Love yes. your kids. Yes. That's my soapbox.
2: Thank That's you.
0: That's a good soapbox. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Lon, do you have one?
2: So it's kind of like this soapbox is what is something that really bugs you?
0: Yeah, or something that you feel like everybody else should be aware of.
2: And that they're just not.
0: Yeah. Mm. Like if you could tell the world one thing.
2: Okay, well, you know. It can be serious. Forgive me for getting serious. uh, But especially who I am, where I am in life, my soapbox is every person who knows Jesus can have the gospel on the tip of their tongue.
0: Mm.
2: And I want them to. Right. Right. And you've given us practical ways to do that today. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry, real serious, but that's that, that keeps me awake at night. There's a verse that Eugene Peterson takes from, um, from Romans chapter 15. He says, it's a sight that takes your breath away. Mm. Vast multitudes of people all telling the good things of God. Amen. So, so that you can kind of feel my passion.
0: Yeah, there. I love it. That's a great soapbox to stand on.
1: Well, Lon, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it was great to hear your story. Um, we love hearing your passion you. um, and telling others about Jesus. Thank you so much for coming. God bless you again. Thanks, Lon. To find out more about our podcast and subscribe, head to 27westpodcast.com. And follow us on Instagram at 27 West Podcast. There should be pictures of that coming up today. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, good.
0: And 27 West would not be possible without our producer, Josh Dix, musician, Amy Mueller, and our podcast boss, Nancy Grubin. And make sure you guys join us for our next episode as we talk to the owner-operator of our local Chick-fil-A. Oh, yes. We love Chick-fil-A. And they're going to tell us about all of their secrets, like the barbecue sauce controversy. So make sure you tune in. I'm Amy Salava and we'll see you next time.